0: My topic I've been given today is love one another, and I've just heard about 15 minutes. So I'm going to really try. This is a lot longer than that, so you're going to have to help me here. Huh? John 15, verse 12 says Jesus said, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Many years ago, a shabbily dressed boy trudged tre- several miles through the snowy streets of Chicago, determined to attend a Bible class that was conducted by D.L. Moody. When he arrived, he was asked, Why did you come to Sunday school so far away? Why didn't you go to one of the churches near your home? And he answered simply, Because you love a fellow over here. We live in an age when the love of many has grown cold, fulfilling the scriptures of Matthew 24, verse 12, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. And 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 to 4, this know that in the last days, perilous times. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, true speakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. This scripture is speaking to, script, to Christians and not to the unbelievers, speaking to the church that this is what we're going to find in the church in the last days. And I think we're seeing that in a a great way nowadays. Many have been preached a false gospel and been disappointed when all the promises that were made to them have not materialized and they've turned against our Lord. What is wrong with the church today? Why do we not see so many true miracles anymore? I believe it is because we have not obeyed, obeyed our Lord Jesus Christ when he said in John 15 verse 17, These things I command you, that you love one another. Notice Jesus says, I command you to love one another. We have to go out of our way to love one another. We have to make an effort to love one another. We have to purpose in our hearts to love and care for one another. And we have to learn to lay down our lives for one another. Today we see Christian marriages are in trouble. I heard a statistic that the divorce rate in the Christian church is greater than that in the world uh, percentage-wise You know these uh, Christian marriages in trouble fighting and bickering amongst themselves When couples come to the church, they come with a false smile, you know And then they don't even sit together in the church and they smile at everybody and say you know that smile We so happy we can die It becomes a terrible testimony to the children who often can't wait to get into the world to escape so-called Christianity The relationships in the church are often strained, and there's unforgiveness, hatred, and bitterness. I think most church kids are so damaged from seeing Christians betray one another, that some leave the faith. We are often so false that the world sees our hypocrisy, and wild horses would not drag them into church. But Jesus said in John 13, 35, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another we have lost our highest calling to love and care for one another we are so easily offended by people how they dress talk or eat or because they're so needy i kid you not i've seen it in the church people get annoyed with people because they're needy we have not understood that people are damaged in this world that everybody around you has been badly hurt in, in, in this world by devils, demons, by the way they grew up, their products of their past. Or many have come through hell to find the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The whole world is hurting. We judge people around us and even as we sit in churches today, there are people struggling. Maybe you're sitting next to someone who's hurting. A woman whose husband has left her alone with her children. She's scared and frightened for the future. A person whose spouse is a drunkard. A person whose spouse or child is a drug addict. Many people that struggle to find enough money to support themselves every month. This is what we're finding in the church today. This is who we are sitting with. A husband whose wife has just left him for no good reason and broken his heart, like one of my friends. A woman whose husband is a nightmare and she sometimes fears for her own safety. A person who feels they have no future and life terrifies them. A woman who has a medical problem that is terrifying and does not know if she'll ever be able to afford the operation. A woman whose husband doesn't come to church. People whose lives are a shamble. And there are people that cry themselves to sleep every night almost. And these are just some of the people that we see in our churches today that are sitting around us. And people get annoyed for all kinds of They don't like the way the people dress or what they say or they didn't greet them. It's ridiculous. We need to understand what the church is and what Christ called us to and what he commanded us to do. John thirteen thirty-five. By this, not by your doctrine or your knowledge or your faith, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Should we not bear one another's burdens, even if it means laying down our lives? Why, why, why aren't we teaching that to our youth to lay down their lives for Christ and for one another? John fifteen thirteen Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You know, we're teaching people to live for Christ. We should teach them to die for Christ, to die to the things of this world, and, be necessary, and if necessary, lay down their lives for their friends. Give up their Saturdays when they want to go to parties or, or, or brides and that and go reach the lost. We need to teach our people to have this kind of hearts. That greater love has no man that's So we give up what we want to do for others. That's part of laying down our life. We are to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Love is a, word, a, do, a verb, a doing word. We love not by what we say. We love by self-sacrificial deeds that cost us something. It should cost us our time and our money and, if necessary, our life. Deeds show our love. Newspaper columnist and minister George Crane tells of a wife who came into his office full of hatred towards her husband. She says, I do not only want to get rid of him, I want to get even. Before I divorce him, I want to hurt him as much as he has me. Dr. Crane suggested an ingenious plan. Go home and act as if you really love your husband. Tell him how much he means to you, praise him for every decent trait. Go out of your way to be kind, considerate and generous as possible. Spare no efforts to please him, to enjoy him. Make him believe you love him, and after you've convinced him of your undying love and that you cannot live without him, then drop the bomb. Tell him you're getting a divorce, that'll really hurt him. With revenge in her eyes she smiled and exclaimed, beautiful, beautiful Will he ever be surprised? And she did it with enthusiasm. Acting as if. For two months she showed love, kindness, listening, giving, reinforcing, sharing. And when she didn't return, Crane called her and said, Are you ready to now go through with the divorce? Divorce, she exclaimed, never. I've discovered I really do love it. Her actions had changed her feelings. Motion resulted in emotion. And the ability to love is established not so much by fervent promise as by often repeated deeds. Love is going out of our way to make contact with those around us. Instead of just a hello. Rather a how are you really doing? What can I pray for you? How is your job and wife? Or how are your children how can I help you? If we see people are struggling, we can phone them fast if necessary. Pray for them. Sit in the dust with them. What happened to that sitting in the dust with the people who have lost much in their lives and are going through great tragedies? Then we will understand the scripture of Galatians 6, verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Whose burdens are you bearing in the church today? I'm not talking about your family. The Bible tells us even the heathen love their families. I'm talking about other Christians in your church. If you struggle to love people, then you need to spend time alone with God. We are warned. 1 John 4 verse 8. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. I was a man without love, a lost soul who did not believe in love. I got saved because of truth. And it took me many, many years before I really felt real love for God and then the human race. I heard about God's love and was determined to learn about it. So I set time every day to seek God and to find this love through his word and through prayer. Luke 11 verse 9 says, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives and he that seeks finds and to him that knocks it shall be opened. The first step in learning to love one another is we must learn to love God. And we must enter into the holy of holies that special place that deep place with Christ and I think most older Christians can testify to that that they found love first at the feet of Christ and, and in the presence of our Lord so in finding love you, God changes us and we are able to love his creation human beings. How am I doing for time that's what is on me no, six minutes. okay <laughs> I think of St. Augustine and his, uh, you know, being a lawyer for Caesar, you know, he was uh, going to be, uh, the, he was become Caesar's personal lawyer, you know, and he got saved and he, later in his life. And he wrote that beautiful poem, later I loved you, beauty so old, so new, later I loved you. And you see you were within and I was in the external world and sought you there. And in my unlovely state, I plunged into those lovely created things which you made. You were with me and I was not with you. The lovely things kept me far from you, though if they did not have their existence in you, they had no existence at all. You called and cried out loud and shattered my deafness. You were radiant and resplendent. You put to flight my blindness. You were fragrant. I drew in my breath and now I pant after you. I tasted you and I feel but hunger and thirst for you. You touched me and I am set on fire to attain the peace which is yours. Only a man that knows and have sat at the feet of Jesus Christ can talk like that. Do we love the Lord like that? Do I need to wrap it up now with my time? Otherwise I can carry on. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just uh, jump over a couple of things so that my time is short. I want to say that You know, in Ecclesiastes, many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. Charles Mesnick wrote a poem titled, For You Are The One. One young man sent the first two stanzas of the poem to his girlfriend. For you I would climb the highest mountain peak, swim the deepest ocean, your love I do seek. For you I would cross the rivers most wide, walk the hottest desert sand, to have you by my side. But then he added a postscript. P.S. I'll be over Saturday night if it doesn't rain. It's easy to say we love one another. It's easy to say, for Christians, for us to say we love somebody means I will die for you. We will go to the ends of the world for you. We will do anything for you. That's what love means in Christian terms. The woman said in Song of Solomon that true love is so persevering that nothing can crush it. No matter how threatening circumstances around it may seem, there's nothing that can defeat true love. True love perseveres regardless of circumstances. We can never fall out of love, for godly love is eternal. And if we had to start, to start to walk in this way to our fellow brothers and sisters, who would not want to join a church where people love one another like that? They would beat the doors down of the church to get in, to fight to find that kind of experience in, in our churches and amongst ourselves. We need to, if we want to see revival, we need to learn to love one another, furiously, without any hesitancy, and to care for one another so that no one goes without in these days. I'm going to end with the two stories told from the time of Oliver, Crom- Oliver Cromwell in England. A young soldier had been tried in military court and sentenced to death. He was to be shot at the ringing of the curfew bell. His fiance climbed up into the bell tower several hours before curfew time and tied herself to the bell's huge clapper. At curfew time, when only muted sounds came out of the bell tower, Cromwell demanded to know why the bell was not ringing. His soldiers went to investigate and found the young woman cut and bleeding from being knocked back and forth against the great bell. They brought her down And the story goes, Cromwell was so impressed and so shattered by her willingness to suffer in this way on behalf of someone she loved, that he dismissed the soldier saying, curfew shall not ring tonight. That's real love. That's not just saying I love you. Is that not what Jesus Christ did for us? He stood in the way of God's great wrath and was beaten and broken in our place so that we might be saved. Jesus gave us an example of how to love, even though it cost our Lord everything. Is that not how you and I should love? Should we not show did he not sit on the chair of his cross and show us how it's to be done? And if we adopted that attitude, revival will start immediately everywhere we go. End with the scripture, uh, Song of Solomon eight, verse six. Set me as a seal upon your heart and a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. And the coals there are coals of fire which has a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. And if a man would give all the substance of his house for love, it would utterly be condemned. So we are to love God, love man, love the word, and you'll be transformed into a vessel of grace. Meet for the Father's use in His service. Love ferociously without caring if we get hurt or betrayed. Embrace it. It doesn't matter. So what if we get hurt? For such a love is God's love and it is the highest love. It is a sacrificial love and the world through that love will come to know the God of heaven who is love and we shall see a revival that we so desperately need on the earth. For who does not want to be in a church like that? Amen.